0: Today's sponsor is Sneakus, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Mogadis. So, Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show. We discuss a team about to begin its championship season, according to Bradley Beal, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is October 23rd, 2016. On this show, it is a continuation of my conversation a few weeks ago with Troy Halliburton about our media day experience. Before I get into previewing this episode, a little housekeeping. (sighs) So wizard style, Jan Mahimi, the big free agency signing of the summer has torn his meniscus in his knee and had surgery. He will be out 4 to 6 weeks. Not good news. Could be a lot worse. It appears he probably will miss the first month of the season. So hopefully he can get back out there and it is not a pessimistic outlook, but with the but with how the history of this franchise and knee injuries, I always have a negative Viewpoint of any type of these ailments, especially before the season has started. The other big news that happened over the weekend, the the Wizards finalized their roster. They have cut Casper Ware and Johnny O'Brien, which is to no surprise, and Jarrell Eddy has been released. The team has kept Daniel House, Sheldon McClellan, and Daniel Chafu. So three rookies uh, made the opening day roster. So I guess for all that bitching I've had about the team not using draft picks over the last few years, they end up with three first-year rookies uh, undrafted to make the team. Surprise move that Eddie was released. I assume that he would make it. Uh, House and McClellan just obviously outplayed him, and Scott Brooks saw some attributes in them that will be beneficial, uh, some young blood. And McClellan was, was impressive in, in camp and, and also in the games on defense and the offensive end. House played really well in the summer, and, and Eddie's skill set maybe wasn't something that Brooks was looking for. It appears to me a Chefy was probably just insurance for Mahimi being injured, and that, that last roster spot I'm sure uh, Grunfeld always wants to keep uh, for some type of flexibility, but you, they can always buy one of these players out. I, I, they're guaranteed, I believe, doesn't. Kick in until January. So, but hey, congratulations to those first year players. I know that's really cool, especially being undrafted, having three different players is something we have not seen on this team in a while, and I'm very excited. Hopefully, they don't really play much, honestly, because <laughs> it will mean the Wizards are in trouble. So, on this episode, me and Troy go through the rest of the players that we interviewed at the Media Day and spoke to, and just had a little preview of what we expect uh, for them this season. We started with Otto. You talked about him being one of the key players for this team's success. Went into the little Porter Ubre battle that Scott Brooks foreshadowed, which isn't really has been much of a battle per se, but we go into intricacies of that debate. Discuss in length Markeith Morris, how instrumental he is to the success of this team this year as well. Yan uh, mahimi Gortat pairing, how that will work out uh, potentially them being backing up each other and their quartet rumors are being traded and all the issues that surround that. The arrival of Tomas Sadoransky, what he means for this ball team. Uh Marcus Thornton, aka Hot Pocket, I nicknamed him. So enjoy that. Enjoy that conversation. Uh and then we also talked about the final roster spots. Now granted obviously the moves have been made In this discussion we go into just the strengths and weaknesses of every player and it's kind of interesting to look back on what we had to say and then what ended up happening. Uh, And then also Troy gives his season win prediction. So thank you everyone for uh, listening and this is part two of my conversation with Troy Halliburton. Enjoy. Speaking of dribbling, hopefully he's improved his dribbling over the off season is uh, Otto Porter. had a chance to barely talk to Otto Porter. Asked like one question Before he was whisked away uh, Did you get a chance I don't think you did either did you? Yeah no
1: no I got, I got a chance to talk to oh, You Otto, did. Actually okay. Yeah and uh So
0: I got oh, Ubered Uber, you you didn't Yeah yeah Porter Uber. you did Okay Yeah
1: no So with Otto I got a chance to uh, Talk to him And ask him Uh you know about the level of expectation that you know the team's gonna have for him. You know, considering the fact that they didn't address the small forward position this summer, I thought he had a very good answer. You know, the he, well, the he, internet
0: wants Rudy Gay. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. Twitter we wants Rudy, Rudy Gay. Even play small forward. Anymore, yeah, exactly. but that's neither here nor there. But I think his his answer was you know it's about the level of expectation that he has for himself. Mm-hmm. And you know I think that you know that's kind of very true. At this point, you know, he he has a lot of things going on around him. You know, this is a contract year for him. Uh, he's, pro- he's pretty much in the same exact situation that uh, Bradley Bill was in last year. And I don't think anybody sees a max contract uh, at the end of the rainbow for him. Mm-hmm. So he literally, how he plays this season will definitely be a determining factor as to You know not only what team he's playing for going forward, or you know how much money he's going to be making. He probably is you know the biggest X factor as to how much the level of success the Wizards are going to have this year. I think that he's taken you know um, you know big steps over the last few years as far as his uh, growth as a player. We're talking about ball handling. I think that that's you know something that. You know, he said that he wanted to work on this summer and be able to create a little bit more in the offense. But I honestly believe that he's kind of turned into the quintessential 3 and D player. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, has the, he has the three point stroke. He has the versatility to be able to guard, you know, ones through, through the uh, power forward position with Kelly Oubre being literally the only other small forward on this team's roster, you know, they're going to be relying heavily on him to, you know, have a, you know, pretty decent season, above average season.
0: Now, what about Oubre? Did you get a chance?
1: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk to Oubre at all. You yeah. know, he's, uh, he he's had a... Like, he's yeah. like, he a media crush. Yeah, media
0: darling? The, the way pop- is 100%... Way poppy. Like, the, all those TV people, they'd seen his Twitter, they'd... Yeah, I mean, I mean I give him credit.
1: Give him, give him credit. <laughs> yeah, Ubray knows exactly what
0: he's done We he got it. the short shorts, and everyone's around him is like he probably was the the most. We talked about how Wall and Beal in the interview room, right? He had the most media crush on him by far was Kelly Ubre. by far, which, which, by which, far. which, like, which is. I got pictures of it, which is and I didn't even get in it. I was like, alright I'm going to go talk to Jan Mahimi you know the one we just gave 64 million to. Exactly. he's over in the corner. And you got to talk to this dude. who's like maybe the ninth or tenth guy on the team, the 20 year old kid, possibly. Yeah, granted, possibly. Granted, you know he has personality.
1: Uh, he's, he's got great personality. I mean, 20. he's young. He's the youngest player yeah, on the team. Yeah. He, you know, he knows how to work. Uh, you know, the, all the social social media. Aspects. What are your expectations
0: of him this year? Let's just go with that then.
1: Uh, my yeah. expectation for Ubre this year would be. To be able to provide solid 15 minutes per game, where he just comes in. I I don't expect him to be able to score. I just want him to come in, lock people down on defense, just bring a you know a certain intensity level off of the bench. That I know I think this team kind of needs a you know a feistiness uh, to them, and I think that he's the perfect player to to bring that. You know he's he's outlandish. You know with the with the style of play on the court, he's very aggressive. You know he speaking of uh, people who know how to use their file fouls. I mean, he he ran through them last yes. year. You know, I mean, even even though he didn't really play that much. I mean, yes. he, so, a
0: lot of them so were his fault. Some of it was some rookie stuff. Yeah,
1: but I mean, but the thing is, like, he, he he's had like aggressive. five
0: he had like five thousand Miami, like, yeah, like made, two minutes. He, it. He's
1: he's aggressive, and I think this this team kind of needs that feistiness as far as offensively is concerned. I think we should temper all of those expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, you know, if he is able to get comfortable in his role as being a defensive uh, maven playing next to John Wall if he's able to get out and use his athleticism and run the floor, you know, there should be a lot of potential fast break points in his future. Mm-hmm. That you know he has a fine role for this team. I really love the fact that Scott Brooks is impressed by him. Mm-hmm. You know, even in you know Scott Brooks's you know short time period with the team, you know, he has a lot of glowing things to say about Ubrey. And especially with uh, Brooks being, not maybe say he's known for developing talent, because I mean, it's not hard to develop Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and Mbaka, mm-hmm. and OKC. But I think there is something to be said that he kind of brought the best out of the young players. And I think he has a good sense that he knows how to communicate with young players. That'll be good for Ubre. Because I don't think he communicated well at all with Whitman last year. Oh, for sure. You know, Whitman's so old school where he's just like, yeah, rookies don't play. Like, that's just it. You know, and I don't and think. That, even when Uber
0: played well, then he didn't reward him. With the exactly, exactly. Back in, and then it was over, his confidence was gone.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think that, you know, when for a young player like that, for you to not feel like you have the confidence of your coach. That can you know. And kind he played of defense too. That's the and, thing that bothered me too. It's
0: like, because, exactly. like coaches always say like, Oh yeah, you go make some shots, play defense. And I was like, Well, Uber was actually playing defense. He's doing
1: everything that, you know, the, your coach even from yeah, the, the earliest stages of basketball is telling you to do. So the fact that you no know, Brooks, you know, is intrigued by uh, Uber, you know, is, is a very positive sign for Wizards fans.
0: Oh, definitely. This organization wanted Randy Whitman to run small ball and then also throw in a 19-year-old rookie with Randy Whitman and think that something good is going to happen on both yeah, of those two yeah. things. It's just, it's just it's unbelievable. And then Randy Whitman loses his job and all these other people are still here. But, but, but <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny how that all works out. Now, what is your thoughts about... This open competition now that Brooks is doing with Ubre and Porter, I asked. So I, got, I was able to ask Porter one question on his way out before he got whisked away because he only had two questions, and then right. somebody else asked two, and then I butted in and asked a third. And so I had, I, had, I, had shoot, I had to shoot my wad. Yeah, I had to I, get yeah, in there. I had, I had one thing. It was, it was a really quick one before
1: the clipboard guy got you. Yeah, out yeah. Of yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, your thoughts on Scott Brooks? You know, the coach saying that there's open competition at the start your starting position. He's like, Yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> I like competition. And that was yeah. it. And then he gets whisk away. Ubre, they've been political, Scott Brooks of McClure, Kyle wrote a piece on Truth About It that I'll link to that everyone should read. He basically just talks about how it's positive, why not? Yeah. Kind of way, you know, what can it hurt? Yeah, you know, really approach. Like yeah. he's doing this to motivate people. Why not? Like, anything's not given. Like, you prove it. I mean, what's Otto really, really proved, if you want to know the truth? Exactly. You know, he's obviously, proved, to me, he's proved more than Ubre. but he has, he's still not an all-star, so there is no, hey, if some rookie's out here, you know, with energy and dunking and flying around, hey, yo, man, like, here's the competition, man, you So I like that aspect of it. No, I don't really think it's an open competition. I don't think because my expectations for Otto are so more outsized than they are for Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. Even though people want Kelly Oubre to be this player, but he's still a year or two away, and I and he's still too raw. We saw it in summer league. He he did the same things. He overpowered people athletically. He can't do that when it comes to the real competition. Mm-hmm. His shot still is not there consistently it looks better than Otto Porter, which which yeah. was Kyle mentioned. But Otto has proven that he's shot better at the end of the season. Look at some of his numbers for especially the three point range. Exactly. Yeah. He yeah. has more intangibles. Kelly can get in your face and get some deflections up there, but Otto gets in those passing lanes. Yeah. When he's engaged, he's a great cutter. Great you know, cutter. He, he knows great how he knows how to play off a of wall, especially he's been in the offense a little bit. Or I guess the new offense, but but played a little bit more around Beal Wall and Gortat knows where to go off the high the high post and into the low post and, and where Wall, you know, he's going to be and Wall will get him. Ubre doesn't have it yet. Now, Ubre obviously is a little bit better on the on the fast break because he's so more athletic and kind of yeah. make up some of his mistakes. But Kelly just isn't there yet. And yeah. he played one year at Kansas... Didn't even have, had a disappointing season in Kansas compared to where, what he was. Played okay. Bill self-benched him. He played more at the end. Bill, Randy Women benched him. And now all of a sudden, people want him to be like a 15, 20 scorer. score. And I was like, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And so, do so I think he has a talent and maybe has a bigger ceiling than Otto. Potentially. 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 But if this team is going to do anything, and you just mentioned it, it's going to be about Otto Porter. He's the number one X-Factor on this team, aside from health with Bradley Beale and John Wall. This team is going to go as far as – if we get the auto Porter that played against the Toronto Raptors, this team can maybe win 45, 50, 50 games. If we get the Otto Porter that disappears and gets freeze-framed in Chicago, doesn't know yeah. where the guy is, doesn't know where he's at, you know, and all, of a, sudden, oh all of a sudden it's third quarter and Otto's two for five and has eight points, yeah. then, then this team probably is going to struggle to be 500 because he's going to be at the guy that's going to have to guard to check LeBron to check Melo right and Wall mentioned this summer about how he struggled with that and on a consistent basis but he has to be that guy now he is very I'll get this thing some praise I know been very 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 better on the Instagram machine this summer I do oh, hanging out with some pretty white girls been, been like hanging out hanging out hanging out with like dudes and uh Hey, I mean, man. And, like, and dude's in, dudes, he at? He was in, like, the Bahamas training. Oh, man. he hey, oh, he's like, skate. He's like, show photos of skateboards. With his boys. <laughs> yo,
2: like, yeah, yeah. Like, he
0: loves his cars. He loves old cars. But he's, he's not on the Twitter. He doesn't do anything. But he posts, like, a photo almost every day on Instagram. Yeah, I've going to have to, yo, do Can a you deep, deep dive I'm telling search you, I'm on Auto's uh,
1: Otto's Instagram. Yeah, yeah, no. I had, it, I had no idea. Yeah, and anyway. his,
0: his personality has changed a little bit when I, See, he's interacting, you know, obviously maturing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so he's coming into his own a little bit. Now, If how how's that manifest on the court? We'll see. But also, it's a big, big time for him. And I think that he knows it. And he's listens. He has a good attitude. There's going to be none this, like, oh, i got to get mine because I got, I'm a free agent to be, potentially. Right, right. He doesn't have that mindset. He's going to have, you know, whatever's best for the team, but also... The best routine is gonna be like him at his best. Exactly. And so so that's another thing where that those two things those interests align. And so that's why there's gonna be a lot of my expectations for him are a lot more. My expectations for Kelly Ubre is to be the energy guy on the second unit. Maybe some night he plays a little bit more than he should because he's shooting better. Duncan play some defense, eight or ninth or tenth man. It isn't what i think fancy you know some fans see or 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 there's other fans who just don't believe Otto will be what i just told yeah, you guys yeah. right so they're they are done with Otto they don't think he's going to have that ceiling and they say like hey give kelly those minutes and yeah. and i say well hey let kelly earn them a little bit but i just think that you'll see the same struggles you'll see kelly like really has the I mean John Wall Bradley Beal have to give him the ball because I don't think he's going to create a shot for himself and he can't cut the way Otto cut because yeah, he, 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 you know, he does he'll, not he'll, have the he, same he, feel on the court that Otto, that Otto, Otto will have. No, yeah. no, is Otto going to get buckets? We're going to clear out. No, no, no. But he's going to go to those corners. he's going to hit those threes a little bit more consistent than Kelly? And he's going to be able to know the nicks and crannies of the offense and defense yeah. a lot better than Kelly. And that's just because of experience as well. Exactly the experience. that right? I mean the
1: experience factor definitely uh, comes into play uh, when. Comes to Otto Porter, we already have seen you know kind of his uh, maturation process mm-hmm. because he didn't really play a lot as a rookie and oh, not at all yeah got and hurt and even uh, you know two years ago no. when uh, Paul Pierce was the starter he came in and kind of you know was able to spell Paul Pierce yeah. and they moved Pierce free out to auto the chance remember the free auto exactly. chance yeah. exactly.
0: Whitman but, Whit- Whitman again <laughs> Whitman strikes again you know
1: I, Whit- Whitman you know, he kept Otto under wraps uh, for awesome. a lot of his second uh, his second year. On the team, maybe his confidence was a little bit shot. Mm-hmm. Otto is a player who kind of, but he
0: definitely struggled with consistency last
1: year. Exactly, yeah. he yeah. he he was pretty. He'll he met that. He met that. Yeah, it was I think that he was consistent towards the end of the season. Correct. At the beginning of the season, you know, he was still kind of adjusting as a, in a new role mm-hmm. as being you know. a First year starter that we needed him to step up a little bit more when
0: Bradley went down, and exactly. he did it. And then he got he got banged up a little bit, and then by the time he didn't really regain that confidence till the end of the season. Exactly. So I, but I think that you know going
1: into this season, he's already had a year as being a starter and, you know a full time starter under his belt. That will kind of you know give him the confidence to be assertive on offense. That's really all you need from Otto Porter is to is the when the ball comes your way to you know make a play. That's why you're mm-hmm. out there on the floor. And I think that towards the end of the season you we were able to see that you know he he has a nice power dribble, one step, get to the elbow, pull up from there. You know, he's a he's a great cutter. He uh, he actually he passes well. Ball handling skills aren't really at the level that you would like for your starting small forward. Brings a lot of the other tools. The, and the intangibles that you're looking for for a, a veteran small forward president.
0: Shoot 40% from three. I mean, that's And he cannot get pushed out of the block. Exactly. And he's a little bit stronger and able yeah. to still do all the yeah. auto intangible yeah. things. Deflections and making teammates better, loose balls, hustle things that sometimes don't really show up in the box score. But when you're watching, you're like, "Oh damn, he just got the deflection that led to exactly. all the to jump exactly, or great. he'll
1: get a deflection and an outlet pass. Yeah, and, or he uh, made that. He made the other
0: pass. To or the guy, yeah, right? exactly. or the, the hockey assist. And, and, and yeah,
1: right. he, the thing that I really love about Otto, he runs the lanes extremely hard, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the athleticism as Ubre to finish above the rim. Correct, but you know he, he runs knows so hard, and and John. Wall, he knows that, you know, if if Otto is involved in the play, mm-hmm. that he's going to be trailing behind. And that type of uh, commitment is, you know, going to be key for him to, you know, kind of fend off uh Ubre for those minutes
0: of the small four spot. Mark Keefe, I mentioned earlier, talked to him. T- we, you know, we mentioned the Cowboy stuff and the Beatles yeah. stuff. The only thing I really talked to him is that it seems like, that you know, he's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Talked about a little bit earlier. Him having... Been around these guys now summer... I did not mention the whole marijuana arrest things. I kind of want to mention that, or is pending, pending legal stuff. I, I yeah, left those yeah. two questions off because we were having such a good report about other things. But I did kind of want to ask. So I'm a terrible journalist for everyone out there. The marijuana stuff was was settled, and the other legal thing in in Arizona is still is still pending. I haven't seen the latest. Oh, yeah, the uh,
1: assault charges that he and his brother
0: faced. Correct. I, oh, I, they had appealed it to the Supreme Court in Arizona, so I, I don't know where it's at. On I'm that. pretty sure they have to have bigger issues. to Worry about. <laughs> yes, I would. I would think so. I have not seen any reports or anything, of it. So once I get an update, I'll let everyone know. And I haven't heard anything. But but going back to Marquise, I I think he's also key as well. He's probably after Otto in the sense that that four. What what Markeith are we gonna get here? He has been. A guy that can get buckets. At the he can end. get it, buckets. He yeah, did. but it, we've seen it. He's destroyed the Wizards exactly. in multiple games. I, I remember the Suns beating the Wizards on two yeah, occasions yeah. where he just took over four stretches in the third, fourth yeah, quarter. I mean, for, for a player of 16, yeah, you know, he can score, create his own shot. And the, the, the last time we saw him in a, in a meaningful game, when the Wizards were fighting for their playoff lives, John Wall did not play in Detroit, he balled the hell out, man. He yeah. had like, what, 20 points in that quarter, hit that, hit it like three-quarter shot, Getting down low, I don't know if he was inspired by his brother that was playing for Detroit. So we saw this, like, okay, wow, like, he's taking some responsibilities, it's no longer woes me, it's no longer Jeff Hornersect. it's no longer that shitty-ass Sons organization, it's no longer getting them trading my brother away, yeah. there's no more excuses about anything, like, I just need to go back to ball the way his, and maybe that's where that game, maybe, I'm thinking, maybe it was turned... Turned the page in his career a little bit. Yeah. And so I sense that a little bit in his answers of more of a leadership-ish type of role. Or what he, you know, he felt more ownership of this team than last right, year. Just kind right. of thrown in to this mix at the end of the season. Now we fired the coach. Now we got a whole new coach, a whole new exactly. staff. So now he is just as a fresh start as anyone else on this team. Exactly. So he is, you know, and he's got a couple years left on his contract. So he wants to play well. He's, but, he's but, but, it, but it isn't this year. Right, so he doesn't have. There's not those pressures going on. He, but he still has more of a professional, and he's still young, and he's shown the ability to do this in the NBA. So I have high hopes and high expectations for him this season.
1: I have high expectations for uh, Markeith as well. I, you know, like you said, right after uh, Otto, I think that you know he's clearly the next most important player on the Wizards team. You know what he brings is the ability. He he brings a versatility that I don't think any other player on the team kinda has. Like he inside out. He's got the he's got the complete inside Before out. Like he, he actually he has the best post moves on the team currently. Level as a shooter has been kind of overrated but he can shoot at least no step back don't no shoot yeah, no yeah step backs.
0: exactly but at you least shoot a step back 20 footer i already feel like my the half thing my, is uh, half i feel mean, I mean, like my obscenities this year going to be 20 foot step back shots by him i most. mean oh don't you better
1: believe that he's still going to take them <laughs> yes. with the perception around the league you know there are other defenders who they he might they might not know that he's not a good shooter but they're going to run out and mm-hmm. try to you know attack his shot because he might be perceived as being a decent shooter He's probably one of the better ball ha- ball handlers on the team. He can Rebounders actually, too, probably. Ex- 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 he's probably the best rebounder. He, pro- the game, he, I mean, he might be a better rebounder. the yeah. underrated defender. He's not really known for being a uh, rim protector. He gets lost.
0: He gets lost in team concepts a little bit. But yeah, like but he, he, he his uses his
1: length well at the rim, and you know he's a legitimate six ten. The one player on the Wizards team besides Bradley Bill that you can dump the ball to with seven seconds left on the shot clock and tell him to just, you know, go get a bucket. Yes. That's an aspect that this this team... This franchise has been lacking throughout the John Wall era. Exactly. His role on the team is going to be very important as far as, you know, his shot creation... You know, he, he also brings a little bit of an attitude that this team needs going forward. He's, he's nobody's, you know, nice, nice guy on the court. He'll get into a player's face. He'll He's definitely, you know, shown a little bit of loyalty to his new teammates. You know, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll, he'll step up and try to, you know, be the bully and defend Wall and Bill if anybody tries to get in their face.
0: Defensively. He does have an attitude about him. He, he has a that has been negative, but there's a way to maybe box that to a positive. No. Chip of, on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah chip yeah. on his shoulder. He,
1: play, that, he definitely plays with the chip on his shoulder. Oh already. for sure, for sure. That chip on his shoulder is kinda, you know, gives him the the edge that allows him to kind of not intimidate other players yeah. he definitely what, what was the what was the word uh, I think Gortat uses it, called it spiciness spiciness spiciness, yeah, spiciness right. from last that. year that uh, I, I also believe that Markeith will probably be player who won't be afraid to hold his teammates accountable you know mm-hmm. to say
0: something if somebody's messing up I would like to see this shit on the show the spi- spiciness that's a yeah. great word <laughs> to go go instead of the refs, instead of his coach, instead of his team, instead yeah. of his ownership. Kind of to kind in a positive direction. To go towards the opponent. Yeah, yeah You, know, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, to, to kind of corral that, and that's obviously the job of uh, That's why you make the big money there. <laughs> that's why I'm making no podcast yeah, yeah. money over here. Corral that to where... That's hit or miss. That, that's a massaging that. But I mean, his teammates can use that as an uh, mm-hmm. inspiration. Because he can do it. He's been proven to do that. He did it at Kansas. He did it earlier in his career at Phoenix. But I think he's just had a couple bad years there where things just spiraled. And then his, that yeah. was all pointed to unhealthy targets where there's another way to have that thing that he has instinctively and inherently that he's not going to get rid of. Yeah. But but to find a more positive uh, outward outlook to that. Now speaking of a nice guy, uh, Jan Mahimi, nice guy. Oh, he's talking about he's, like seven he's, foot. He's a, he's a nice. In guy, English man. English no, no. might be better than Gortat. Oh my god! Wow! No, no, like no, I was no, I, no. I was waiting for this Kevin Seraphin, Boris Dial. Uh, you know all the French. Whatever, let, me, let me name all the French guys I've interviewed. I probably interviewed them two the most. Uh, obviously Seraphin the most. This this big accent. Really no accent, really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he's happy to be here. He he mentioned he was happy that Washington wanted him, which obviously was true. I got him one on one at the end. Some people left, and I asked him, and I just said, "Hey, you know, when you sign a contract with the team for that amount of money, or no, I didn't say it. So you sign a big contract." There is a player that's playing the same position on the team. I was like, hey, the national question in my job right here as a media, I had to ask you, what's up with that? You know, like, how do you feel? He's like, isn't that the million dollar question everyone always asks me since this? And he had some self-respecting. And he told me, awesome take, by the way. And he just said, this isn't between me and Gortat. He goes, me and Gortat are teammates. Me and Gortat are together. Me and Gortat are gonna make each other. We're gonna battle in practice. We're gonna get after it. We're gonna make the best players out of one another, and then we we go play and make our money because he has a contract. I get contract. We get paid. We're going against the other team. Yeah. So I don't feel it as a battle between me and him. I'm like, uh, yeah. well, you're actually our teammates. So that makes a good point. You know, yeah. I was making I'm making a more roster big. Thing and he, I mean, it was a very cool, informative, interesting answer. It was very that's a
1: very politically correct answer, yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, I don't, I don't know how well he knows his new teammate, Marcin Gortat. <laughs> yeah, he's not but, gonna be uh, the He, 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 at he might not give that uh, PC of an answer, no. It means a big deal to Gortat whether he's on the floor in the you know, at the end of games in the crunch time. That was a big thing, big issue that he had with the previous uh, coaching staff as far as like why
0: he wasn't on the floor and the Gortat floor mentioned and that games. in his interview we might as well talk about Gortat as well he mentioned that interview said he's a like, lot yeah, of anti Whitman stuff that was just you could just see that he was just yeah, I, He said, someone asked about Whitman and he didn't want to answer it and he was like next question yeah, or, yeah, no, he's, he's looking forward to he interview. hated Whitman he's got his God. let's yeah. just put it that way yeah, there's, think, no, yeah, there's no reason yeah, to beat around the bush
1: no reason <laughs> to beat around the bush at all I think that you know Gortat I mean he might
0: have had a valid grind. I think he respects him a little bit but yeah, I think he was over him
1: Gortat really just wants to feel valued as a player who is making a solid contribution at the end of games, you know, to help this team win. You know, it's a it's a big deal for him. You know, he is, you know, the, the starting center. There will be games where he'll go, you know, the whole fourth quarter and oh, yeah. won't take his warm shirt off. He sees the writing on the wall as far as, you know, maybe why they bought uh, Jan Mahimi in. The difference between uh, Mihimi and Gortat as far as their skill sets Mihimi has much better footwork and is able to kind of switch a lot of pick and rolls in end game situations, which would kind of help him be on the floor in, the, in those in game situations. Whereas Gortat kind of struggles, there's a pick and roll situation, and he ends up having to guard. A smaller player at the end of game, you know, a lot of teams will probably be looking at as the mismatch that they're going to be, you know, looking to, to get. He might be a, a liability when it comes to his, his defensive footwork and guarding smaller players at the end of games. And if Mahimi can come in and give solid minutes as the backup center, and he can come in and play a role and, and you know, switch pick and rolls, I think that that is exactly what they're paying him to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it doesn't diminish Gortat's role for, you know, the first, you know, 40 minutes of the game. It doesn't diminish his impact on the game and you know how many plays they're going to be running for him, you know, through the offense. I think Gortat is a much better finisher around the rim than Mahimi will probably ever be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Gortat should feel comfortable in his role. Being the low post scoring presence for this team, you know, Mahimi is is going to bring just a, a different look that the Wizards haven't had a, a big man who has the athleticism to be able to, you know, switch different pick and rolls and to be able to, you know, can give the defense different looks. He he has much more versatility than Gortat or even Nene or Serafin or any of the other big men that the Wizards have had. You know, over the last few years as far as their, their athleticism and, and being able to do different schemes on defense.
0: If you take the context of the $64 million, you, right. you, you erase the whole we missed out on Horford and Kevin Durant. If you take it away that we waited... For two years, this be the summer of, of we're going to make all these big splashes. And really, the biggest splash we made was to sign the backup center for $64 million. Yeah. Now, if you take that out of the context, yeah. and we just look at Yami Himi as a basketball player, he's going to be a plus added to this team. He's going to be for valuable. Sure. He's going to be the best rim protector arguably the best shot blocker. He is going to make up for mistakes of defend- people getting blown by. He's going to cover the lane. He's going to be a lot- probably the best pick-and-roll big man defender. He's going to cover ground. He is going to you know do those angles that Nene did really well at as a defender, but Nene's been losing a step athletically. Yeah, yeah. Jan hasn't yet, and-, and-, and Jan's had his best career, best season last year, coming into a new Team, he wants to prove his contract. He wants to integrate. He has a great attitude. He just bought a house in Cleveland Park too, by the way. he's exactly. two little eight <laughs> eight by two little girls. He's living in the district. He's not living in Bethesda. Uh, he was com- he was complaining to me about parking outside the Walgreens. That was oh, pretty funny. Yeah. I was like, yo, dude, you're in Cleveland Park and you're trying to park on that Walgreens over right there? Because I was like, oh, i been in Indianapolis. <laughs> so you just drove right here <laughs> to that Walgreens. <laughs> exactly. exactly, that. exactly. like Connecticut Street can't really just. He's like. And then we were like, well, we can get Uber. And he's like, but it's only 0. .4 miles. I don't want to get an Uber. Oh, Just want to goodness. go buy some stuff at Walgreens. And he yeah. was really funny and a nice guy. And I think nice. he's, he's, gonna be, I think he's going to be a good interview. When the ball's up, I mean, he's going to be a competitor. He's going to be ready to go. Now going back to Gortat, you know, I so then I asked Gortat. I I literally asked the coach I was like, hey Mahimi says, you know, you guys going to be teammates, fighting together. And then I was like, when did you hear the news? First, I go, he said this when he heard the news. And then he just, like, it was just like it was sitting on a tee for Gortot's cannonist, like, lounge <laughs> hour with Gortat continued on. And that's when he went into Chris Humphreys. Yeah, yeah. The, the other quote was, like, listen, they've been trying to get me out of this league forever. He goes, I played against Dwight Howard. There's no one ever been better than Dwight Howard. You're, no offense. <laughs> and then he released <laughs> no offense. He goes, Kevin Serafin Nene, you know another French guy. You know, he, 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 yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's when he made the Chris Humphreys comment.
1: Yeah, Cal, Cal's yeah. got a great video of that, man. First of all, whenever somebody starts out any comment with no disrespect, yeah, you know, yeah, they're going you know the disrespect. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> you know
0: uh, uh, not to be a dick. Not to be a dick. Yeah. yeah, not to be mean, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tear you apart, you know, you know yeah. subtly And then we talked about his contract, and he, you know, I, then he mentioned how he's paid as a backup, so it doesn't really matter. And you know he, you know he, we were talking about someone that we were talking about John Wall complaining about contracts. <laughs> Marjorie Cortez complained about his contract, literally yeah. like a year after he signed it. Exactly. Yeah, he was complaining about because then the CBA went up and all this stuff, and now he's under because people were giving him so much shit because he got that fifth year. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like he's like mad that people gave him all this shit that he should have got that fifth year. So then he likes. like remind people of it I don't know he's all over the place he's (laughs) all over the
1: place but at the end of the day he's very entertaining yeah he's he's probably the most entertaining wizard currently left now that uh, Jared Dudley left but uh, yeah no Gortat is, uh, he's outspoken and I mean, he's genuine, he's true to himself. And the thing is, you, you have to kind of love that aspect about him.
0: I love that people dick like, they, I, I was not here for this one where they, they called him out for ducking the media last year. There's some other quotes you see, those, yeah, I saw that I saw that, man. <laughs> he's like, I just don't want to say that's why I left without talking to you people. Exactly. He's, talking, he's talking about his draft, he like was hanging on draft this summer. Yeah, I mean, they're all on the airplane, riding around. I think, th- th- well, I think <laughs> Andrew Sharp just literally just put, po- like, uh, we're talking about Andrew Sharp. For S.I., former Grantland, Wizards fan, that he just posted on Corton's quotes on the article that he wrote. Like, it was just yeah. like, transcribing it was hilarious. You know? <laughs> was just like, read his quotes. Yeah, he, he, he definitely is the, is the best quote
1: uh, going right now.
0: But to finish those two, and we're going to wrap up here, we'll, we'll finish these last two guys, is that Corton mentions... That, oh, yeah, I want to play both of us together at the same time. I'm like, no, 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 don't, yeah, don't, no, no. Go, back back. don't yeah. go back yeah. to this Don't go back to this <laughs> minute. We're going to go back to the two bigs lineup. Like, we never. not where back. the league is at. We have, I'd rather play cool Kelly Oubre, or Porter at four. Yeah. We're not going back to this lineup. Now, that's just him trying to answer the question, and Gortat... I think loves the other guy to play the other big guy, guard him. You know, same with right, right. That's why Nene liked to play with the two bigs because he didn't always want to battle center. Exactly. You know, and he wants to pound. He wants to post up and pound those those smaller guys. Yeah. Enough. But on the other hand we're getting screwed. the Guy can't run down. Exactly. Can't guard the or three. There's Spacey, no space on, on This is terrible. When we have two bigs, yes, yeah, spacing's terrible, especially when you got Wall and Bill who want to slash. And we got we need porter room for porter to cut. We've just mentioned all those three things. Those those are the strengths of the team. Yeah. Especially you need more room for that big to roll, because that's what Mahimi and Gortad can roll. I don't see them ever playing together. Going back to Gortad, he mentioned he was at a camp in Poland and people came up to him when he found out about the signing. They kept asking him if he's being traded, and he was like, What do you mean? I didn't like, talking about <laughs> Now, here's the deal. I've I've heard for multiple people on Wizards' end, they have really no plans of, of trading him. And so I think they're just going to roll this too big lineup Is, out for a year. and Nor, why nor should they have. I mean, I mean not too big fans not fans. too big lineup. To these two centers, they have a lot of money in. They're going to use the fouls. They're going to have these two guys protect the rim. And that's really where they decided to go on their plan C with their money. Maybe they package him in a, in a Porter or him in an Ubrey with somebody else or something down the line. I I don't see the Wizards doing any type of move till maybe next summer. I, I don't see them making any move with Gortat until uh, this year to see how this works, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I think that Gortat, the way that, you know, his, his contract, you know, he, he's, he would be a trade He's asset. the only one really we yeah. can trade, right?
0: It, At this point... Or another 1st you know, round pick, why not? We, we, well, why why, not, why not, not, right? Kiss me off for another year. Do it, do it, Ernie. Kiss me off. No, but I think that really... This team
1: has gotten to the point where Gortat just means more to us being on our roster than he would than whatever asset that you can bring True. in for him. So you know, it's like, always some salary dump too when people go yeah, on that trade thing. And like, no, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't think that is a uh, thing that he should be worrying about personally. The thing that he should be worrying about is. Whether or not he's going to be able to stay in front of people in in the fourth quarter of games, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to leave that up to Scott Brooks to make that decision. Gortat just focuses on the things that he can control, and you know worries about making sure that he's being a better rim protector, being a better help defender. You know, working on his communication skills on defense. Everything else will just kind of fall into place. I don't think that. He should really be worried about Mahimi like cutting into his minutes and his production because you know, like we've both been mentioning, you know, they have two you know kind of different styles. Even though they do
0: some of the things uh, similarly, roll the basket, roll Gorge, the Gorge basket. John has better can he's, finish both Yeah, games. He's, he's a, better a much, much better finisher. jumper. I don't yeah. want yeah. Mahimi shooting any jumpers. I, don't,
1: I I do not want Mahimi shooting yeah. one jumper. But a <laughs> lot be better for taking the season. rim
0: than, than Marching. Exactly.
1: They they have you know different skill sets throughout the course of the season there will be times where the team is gonna to have to lean on each one of their skill sets. Gortat is probably gonna be a lot more outspoken as far as, you know, how the minutes may be mm-hmm. distributed. And I don't think, I mean, he, mean, he, I mean, he was, he's so nice and quiet. No. I don't see him, you know, ever getting no. upset trying, about, He's going to acclimate
0: himself his Team and city, he's not going to really take that on.
1: Exactly. Anyway. Especially kind of knowing, I'm sure he probably has to read different things, you know, that Gortat might be saying. Or has to, I mean, he's played against them. He knows, mm-hmm. you know, the type of player that he is. This situation will kind of just work itself out naturally through the course of the season. And like I said... There are going to be times, there are going to be games where, you know, they're going to have to lean on Gortat to, you know, you know, be the center going down the stretch. There are going to be games where they're going to have to lean on Mahimi. You know, it's, it's really just going to be up to both of them to be able to kind of coexist in this situation. Up to Scott Brooks to make the best decision. And just hopefully Gortat is able to cope with whatever
0: decision is made. Time for a commercial break. That is right. I have a sponsor, Sneakus, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their website at sneekis.com. Cool hoodies, neat t-shirts, dope hats. And at checkout, you get 10% off your order when you enter Pixel and Roll. And in the process, you help support Wizards Independent Media they have an awesome new DC football shirt that I really enjoy and I'm also going to try to cop this sunset hat so please help this podcast out and help me out and I really appreciate all your support now back to the show what I find funny, interesting personally, is two years ago, there was a game, two seasons ago, that in the Pacers in Indiana, that Nene and Yan Mahimi got into it. Like, I had like, this huge scuffle, and I talked to Nene about it the next, it was a so was back yeah. to back, so he's back in the Westerners. He's like, and Sarah in the locker room? I was like, yes, French buddy. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was all like, bad. <laughs> he was all like, bad. He, like, he was like, no comment. And it was like off the record or whatever. Yeah. I, talk- I was talking like, And then, Jan Vesely. Now, we, now, so so has gone. The guy that praises today is the one that that, that basically got a fight with, oh, and his name is Jan, Jan, but spelled I-A Oh my! And goodness. he's a French like that, <laughs> I don't know. I just find that whole. Just that's what it makes covering the NBA, following yeah. the yeah. NBA, just it's interesting. Connect,
1: connecting all those. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know
0: what it means. What's it mean? I don't know. What's it mean? Well, speaking of uh, Jan Vesely, Czech Republic. Yeah, Tomas. Tomas Tomas I did have I, I, the funniest one of my funniest moments of meeting day was when Buckhands came up to Sadoransky and asked him, asked him. He introduced himself. Asked him how to how to, how to pronounce, pronounce his Tom- name. Yeah. And, and I think it's I think it's Thomas. Yeah, he 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 said it was Tomas, Tomas.
1: he said he will he accept Thomas though. Thomas, Thomas.
0: Thomas. Yeah. That was that was funny. Buck, Buck Hans was you know being the pro the Buck is. Exactly. And, you know he introduced himself and that's the other thing. S- Saturansky come across professional happy to be here look i oh, said all the really nice things i once again i didn't get a chance to to talk to him too, too long yeah you know i think kyle asked him a question about yawn i don't know how good his english i think his english is good but sometimes it happens a lot sometimes with the foreign players, and God, I can't imagine going into a foreign country and getting asked. Like they pick up on like maybe like one thing that you said, so then, like so they answer that, that, aspect, that part, right, and so right, like, right. it's a longer question, and then you just add, actually answer. Now sometimes I think Nene used to do that on purpose, on purpose. And yeah, like, he, he I, I was like, I your wife, is from Denver, You're like, oh, <laughs> you, you, Your wife talks English to you all day, all day. Like I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. so you, you play that off. Nah, well, your thoughts on Sadarinsky? Uh We can make a little training camp update. He's been dunking in training camp. He won the dunk contest the other day. Yeah, uh, you know they said that maybe he could play a little wing three man. I, I don't really see it. I, yeah. I see him more of a the yeah. one or two. I don't, I don't think ball his, hand uh, handler body type will be ready no. to play. You know, and guard did, small forwards in the NBA. I, I saw him in Wall shooting. His form looked a little less than John Wall's, even though Wall's an underrated three point shooter, like we mentioned. Right. But John Wall's. Isn't aesthetically pleasing? It's gotten better, so that was maybe a little sign that I didn't know. Because I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, that, it's whether or not it's whether or not can people respect his jumper and come at him. Because I think the athletic ability and can is, he defend yeah. as well is the question. Because I think the the creativity, the transition game, athleticness it's going to be remarkable. I think yeah. that, that he's able, he's going to get the speed and the athleticism of the NBA game down the pat. Whether or not he can defend, whether or not people can respect his jumper is where he falls in all this. And so my my expectation is I'm encouraged... By just seeing somebody new, because we don't have draft picks, and we finally have a draft pick that came over.
2: Dang, you know, the Ted Leontes.
0: Ted, Ted <laughs> plan. I mean, who needs, you know, who needs Crowder or Draymond Green? We have a five-year <laughs> plan of developing just, just how Leonsis, uh just how he planned it. You know, like, yeah. no, he likes to take credit now of playing oh, it this way. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. taking credit. Yeah. Oh, God. Now. If, if, if Sadaransky has any, if Sadaransky is, like, good, to be really good. Just, just competent. Like, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Say if he's, like, a solid rotation player, oh, he's going to be crowing about Sadaransky. He, like that will be a talking point that will probably like piss me off at, at nauseam. but 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 going back to you know being more serious is that there is a role for him potentially to be. I just don't know what it is yet, and he has some traits, a characteristics that can be beneficial to translate NBA game. But there's just so many variables going on right here. Right. Okay? And so I don't know what kind of expectations you have with Tom Toma, Tomas, 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 Tomas. Sadaransky. Uh, but I am excited to see where this plays out. It was yeah. Similar similar to Oubre. Yeah. I just want people to pump the brakes a little bit on Oubre's.
1: I actually have a higher level of expectation for uh, Sadaransky mm-hmm. going into
0: this season than Oubre. For because sure. He's played the highest level He's,
1: he's played the, yeah. the, the highest non-NBA basketball level yes. that you can play at. And, done and you know, he's, and done, and he's done very well. And Progress, you yeah. know, he's what well, I think he's what twenty four, twenty five yes. years old. Yeah. So it's not like he's just you know this this young player. who is, he's not. He hasn't developed his body. He hasn't played against you know grown men before. Mm-hmm. Like he's coming into this situation comfortable in the fact that he belongs. That will go a long way as far as. Giving him the confidence to, you know, be able to just step on the court with, you know, these NBA players. I think that stood out to me, to a man, every Wizards player, when asked about, you know, even unprompted, you know, whether it be about Santa Ransky or not, just asking about, you know, the different workout games and stuff that were going on. up games that were having. Yeah, right? they're, you know, who were you impressed by or surprised by? And, you know, to a man, almost every player, you know, had to mention Sadoransky. That is a great sign as far as what, you know, his peers think of him and what they think that he could possibly be. He is going to come into this situation. Maybe he's not ready to be the backup point guard. We really don't have a a true backup for Bill right now at Mm -hmm. the two-guard position. Unless you consider Marcus Thornton to be that, you know, which oh, I, we're about to
0: get to him, know, which, which
1: I don't, but there is a role for him to be, for him to seize, swing between the one and right? two, between the one and two. I just have baby those exactly, four. and I think that he could probably fit next to Wall. He could probably fit next to Bill. Both of them in the backcourt. Mm. You know, if he's playing next to Bill, he could handle the ball a lot more. If he's playing next to Wall. You know, he could, you know, be able to show his athleticism. The thing that we all need to kind of realize with Sadoransky is that you know there's going to be a learning curve. Mm-hmm. But I think that as long as kind of temper our expectations and let him just kinda of develop naturally, he's gonna have a good tenure as a wizard. You know, he, he literally is showing, you know, all of the positive signs. Of of a player who is you know not going to struggle with this jump to the NBA. You, you were talking earlier about uh, Scott Brooks, how he had his year off from coaching, and how he was you know just traveling around the world, learning from different coaches. Mm-hmm. It stood out to me that. Brooks said that he was over there with the uh, with the Spanish national coach, and he's watching, you know, the different um, the leagues uh, over there in Spain. And Saturanski stood out to him, and this is before he had ever, you know, had an interview with the Wizards before he ever even, uh, probably even dreamed of him being the coach of the Wizards. And if he was impressed with him, you know, in, you know, pretty much just a blind looking, that kind of means a lot to the character of what what Sadaransky is about. He's a basketball player. Didn't come over here, leave his Barcelona team to come over here and, you know, just collect a check. Just live in D.C. and, and holler at American girls. I think he's coming over here. To, you know, try to kind of Make a name for himself To kind of see where his talent level is You know, stacked against the
0: best players in the world Well, let's just hope that this experience of a wizard and a Czech. And Czech Republic yes. players. Yeah, it works yeah. Out a lot better than Jan no, but the
1: thing is, I think that...
0: Uh, I know it's different situations. They're right? completely
1: right. different, and I think uh, that even... Different
0: players. Even Sadoransky said that... expectations are way lower than what Jan was. Exactly, Jan but I think, think
1: Sadoransky even kind of mentioned this. And who that needs Clay
0: Thompson when you got Jan Vesley? Oh, Why my goodness. Or who, who needs Kawhi Leonard? Leonard? Who needs yeah. that? Who needs oh, that? my goodness. Why work out them when you can work out Jan Vesli? I mean, <laughs> Jan Vesely is a workout <laughs> warrior. Everyone, everyone listening to this right now. I was like, fuck you, Adam. Yeah. Stop bringing that up. Stop it. We already know we're Wizards fans. We know. Because yeah. like, everyone's just like, Ernie. Oh, Arr- man. Arr-
1: Ernie. DC is a city, and the yo, Wizards yo, organization. Yo, organization yo. Jan to uh, Saturansky, when he was basically telling them everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have, you know, had terrible things to say. think Jan realized that, you know, he didn't live up to his end of the bargain Gross. when it comes to that. And he enjoyed his and Randy experience. And did not help either. Yeah, oh my goodness. And the lockout,
0: the lockout did not help. There's a lot of factors that I had around within his confidence.
1: You know, the fact that he doesn't know how to shoot a basketball, I'm sure that didn't help. No, but, not at all. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. And, of
0: course, Jan had a great season. Wesley had a great season. For yeah, well, he's still, not, he's still not signed by an NBA Supposedly, game, right? I know, I know. It, it, but it's yeah. like, it was just like, it was weird that we couldn't get any of that. Yon, Jan, like, Jan's strengths could not be used to more positive uh, outcomes here in DC considering the situation. And yes, who shares responsibility in that? Probably management, coaching, and him. And, and him, yeah,
1: and Exactly. exactly. And bloggers
0: Bloggers are always to blame. Blame hey, me. Hey, Adam, you're definitely responsible. I said to draft Quiet <laughs> Litter. <laughs> it's <always laughs> my fault. I <laughs> said to Quiet Litter. I said to you- draft Quiet Litter Clay Thompson. It's totally my fault. What do I know? I mean, we've clearly gotten to the point where. Uh,
1: I'm sure uh, executives going the exact opposite of what media members say. Yes, so, I yeah. So yeah, you, if you say one thing, they're gonna they're gonna say. Uh,
0: it. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Now, last but not least, Marcus Thornton. And the thing is, last but not least, that it took us. Seriously, I was there to the end. Thomas's last one, go. And I think it was a couple days later, Kyle emails and goes, "Oh, did anyone notice that Marcus Thornton never went through the media day?" Yeah. <laughs> and someone said that they saw him on one of the clips. So he was getting an interview from a team person. But Marcus Thornton, I don't know if he was napping because even like Ochefu was going through. Some oh, of these Chaffoo, guys, yeah, <laughs> Casper Ware was there. Casper Ware, there. guys that are on like non-guaranteed contracts, and Marcus Thornton is on a guaranteed contract. Yeah, and he was nowhere to be found. I don't really understand why. But about how worse is this that we don't even remember that he's supposed to be there? And uh, it's one of those things where okay, is it bad that he didn't come, or is it even worse that I forgot that he wasn't even he wasn't even there? It's probably a lot worse that <laughs> yes. he, he was like literally an afterthought <laughs> yes. in the mind of. I don't, I don't think there well, was a, <laughs> anybody that was actually looking for Marcus, for Marcus, Thorn. Marcus Thorn. Well, I had a qu- I was gonna ask him about the floods in Baton Rouge because right, I remember, right, you know, yeah, his hometown. It, it's, it, I want. To ask him those things really, Temple leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah that that's it. Leg. That's it. I know I had nothing else, for Marcus Thornton. So, do uh, you got anything on Marcus Thornton? Hopefully, he doesn't play. I'm mean, back. that's all I, I got. He's gonna play those, versus uh, Sixers. As I mean, was saying, was on those, the, score, the, like those late Tuesday
1: minutes. nights versus the Sixers
0: and the Knicks. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, he's gonna go for like oh 15, the Nets. Oh uh, man, he's gonna go for twelve <laughs> in the quarter. He's gonna hit a couple threes, and that's it. Game sixty. I hope Marcus Thornton doesn't pull off his warm up for this calendar year. Yeah, I mean, I think that
1: you know, <laughs> he's he, in a bad
0: place he, if he's playing minutes.
1: Yeah, he he is what he is. He is he is the the microwave points off of the bench. <laughs> I I'm not a big fan of, of microwave food, you know. So, Probably. I don't I don't really understand how he literally, his role is oh, to just. He's a hot pocket. He's sure. a hot pocket. The tarot, the tarot cheese, the pepperoni the hot pocket. Oh my God. That's the pepperoni so hot pocket is. It just brings me back to like the worst. very, very bad nostalgic memories. Right? No, but. The Jim
0: Galvin uh, comedy thing on the hot pocket. So I can't even say hot pocket without what sing <laughs> singing. Yo, no, His that should be hot Marcus, pocket, Marcus Hot Pocket Hot from. Pocket, hot <laughs> pocket. <laughs> that's is that's his Hot Pocket? Nigga, hot Pocket going forward. That's oh, his name, God. He, and he likes to shoot those hot pocket shots. Before we close, this team has two—they have twelve guaranteed contracts, essentially signed. Guys signed on non-guaranteed contracts. Guys on some roster bonus type of things, which just basically means they've paid him to come into camp, but right, there's no right. real contract basis. Some have a little bit more money than others. We have Daniel Ochefu from Villanova, forward. Casper Ware, guard, out of Long Beach State. Uh, uh, Gerald Eddy who was on the team last year uh, Sheldon McCullen, McClellan McClellan yeah, from who, Miami from Miami who went in the second round played on the summer league team didn't go second round but the Wizards were one of the first ones they signed right Johnny O'Brien the third, a forward center from LSU yeah, the, Another, yeah exactly the most recently signed player was uh, out of the league and then Daniel House who uh, played well in summer league and they brought him he was a free agent right. out of Texas A&M so we basically, we have one, two, three, four, five, six players for three spots. But in reality, they're probably only going to keep two, two spots to yeah. keep the 15 spot open because that's usually what uh, death, like death taxes and gruffo would like to do. Exactly. Now, what is your sense on this? I mean, obviously, Eddie would probably be the front runner here because he was on the team last year, Right. played right. pretty well in some really did, you know, had some big shots. Yeah, you know, house house would maybe be the dark horse, darling that us exactly. blogger types would like because yeah, we saw some potential out of exactly. him. He's got a lot of versatility. Uh, Ochefu Casper, nobody really knows about Casper. could be somebody that could play well, but yeah, I, you know, think I don't right. know. There's not really a spot for him per se. I think that they're probably going to go with a more of a bigger kind of guard, right? That you know they can play the two three, then more of a point guard. Casper, Casper played uh, in for, he's from out of Long Beach State. Played for the top France team, or not? Uh, The top French league, it was actually Tony Parker's team, and he was the MVP of the playoffs. And actually, uh, Devin Booker was, uh, Trevor Booker's brother, was the first first of all uh, French league he's doing really well really yeah I didn't know that as well <laughs> that uh, and, that so it's up. Up. and so in the, the team they beat in the finals uh, that Casware's team beat was uh, who was the guy that played for the Mavericks the French dude he was on that team he was the best player on that team Oh uh, Roddy Bu- Boubois Boubois yes also, yo, yo. also rumored wants to be on
1: with Adam dudes. man, you're, you're well immersed in this whole French I, I looked him man. up I
0: looked him up I looked, <laughs> up. I looked it up on Booker there's some things I, I mean, don't even
1: ask are you, are you, are you writing reviews on Tony, Tony Parker's Do- French rap
0: album too, oh, dude! Like, when they, oh, I watched. Vid, <laughs> I watched video of when they won the title. Tony was yeah. on the half court. He was like celebrating with them because I went. Well, because Casper Ware was bombing. He was the MVP. He was bombing like thirty yeah, yeah. thunders. He has range, so I'm kind of curious to see. Maybe he gets some run here in some of these in some of preseason games. Game. What is your make? You know, McClellan. I don't think played very well in summer league, so maybe yeah. he can do a little bit more. So I think. Camp. I think that
1: in a pecking order, I think Daniel House is clearly in front of uh, McClellan as For far sure. as
0: you know wing position. Um, Would they go with an O'Brien and a Chuffield and then go with one of these wing guys? Are I, they going to go two wings? I, I, it, I don't, it, don't it know. Probably I, have to go with another big. Another kid, right? big. I think that another Ochefu probably. I, I don't know if
1: I think Ochefu may be more wrong. of a development, yeah. uh, a, a developmental project for them at this point. I, I, whereas I think Johnny O'Brien may be somebody who might 15th, be more into ready bench to be guy. the fifteenth man, yeah. practice guy, yeah. good practice guy, yep. big body. That I mean, the most intriguing. I don't even know if you can call it a. I don't know A kind of open competition If you're looking at Daniel House And um, Eddie Jarrell Eddie You juxtapose those two players together That may be A real competition Right there Depending on What Scott Brooks Is kind of looking for Mm -hmm. From his End of the bench players I think that Jarrell Eddie Has proven that He's a good shooter and he's, a, I think he's a good professional as
0: well. Good you bench know, guy. A
1: good bench guy. You know, he, you know, he's up. He's waving a towel. Yeah. He's got his little moves. Players, like, players like him. Yeah, they like him. And paid um, his
0: dues in the D League.
1: Exactly. He paid his dues. He's played for you know multiple summer league teams. Semi-local multiple. Virginia Tech. Exactly. Right. Exactly. He has the one specialized NBA skill that will that has allowed him to you know maintain his career to this point. Daniel House is a more intriguing prospect at this point because of he showed a little bit of uh, defensive versatility in the summer league where he was able to guard you know bigger players he's got a I think he's listed as 6'7 but he's got a nice frame to him Uh, he was able to kind of guard power forwards you know hold his own and he had uh, nice footwork. He was able to stay in front of twos and threes. He showed nice range on his three-point shot. He's a player that you know showed a lot of promise. The, the Wizards are very intrigued. The fact that Daniel House showed what he did may have been a factor as to why they were able to push back Drell Eddy's contract guarantee date. Mm-hmm. Which I think was July 1st. Whereas uh, they would have had to guarantee his contract for the whole season. I just read recently that the team and uh, Eddie agreed to terms. I think they gave him a a hundred, like they gave him like a hundred thousand dollars partial guarantee, partial guarantee to yeah. move the date back to the end of training camp. training camp. Right. So great for the team because it puts them in a kind of win-win situation. There was a chance he
0: could have got cut during summer, exactly. Like, you know, so we would have never had yeah. a chance to even look at him. The game was a game Charlie made too.
1: Exactly. He has an opportunity in front of him and I don't want to, you know, make it a direct competition between he and House. Nice. But I think that, you know, ultimately through the course of the season it will come to that. Just like you said, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ernie Brunfeld's gonna try to keep that last roster spot open just in case they have to make a trade or they're able to get a good buyout candidate to come in uh, at the end of the next
0: season. So, we're basically looking at Ochefu and O'Brien battling for one spot. And we're looking at Eddie House and McClellan battling for another spot. spot. Casper, where unless someone gets hurt, he probably does not have a role on his team. Right. And and McClellan, unless he plays a lot better than he did in Summer League, but maybe he goes on balls in preseason. Yeah, he jumps, he he jumps, he jumps. Summer League ball is completely different than. He was more we gave him money where House didn't really get the money. Exactly. So, so actually, McClellan was, a, was coming in as something like a higher ranked prospect than House and House played better. He played so now better. so now we have a little bit more expectations on House but McClellan, you know, had more of the body type that right. the Wizards were looking for right. and, and uh, they wanted him Were their first ones and I interviewed both of them where house didn't think he was gonna get drafted. Where McCollum maybe he was, th- was kind of disappointed that he didn't yeah. get drafted. And I asked him those questions, and there's a podcast about that too as well. Okay, which one of these guys should we just keep? Because you know we're worried about some injury or something at the end of the bench, or not, or should it be like yo, yeah, like okay. Let's keep one of these guys that we have... Potential. I would want to keep the House of McCollin over the Eddie. Over the Eddie. Because Eddie, I don't think... I don't, one, I don't think he's that great of a three-point shooter. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he had that one game against the Nets, which was his highlight. If you look yeah. at his numbers... I was, I was actually at that game the day after Christmas yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And granted, limited opportunities, uh-huh. scrum time. I don't, it's not like he's 45%. Right. Right? Like I think he's 35 to 40, 37 to 38. Whereas... Hey, these other guys might not be that yet, yeah. but they got some other stuff that they can do here that Eddie's never gonna do. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I'm not dissing on Eddie. I'm just saying the the, the skill sets the looking at the players we're looking at. So that's why I personally would like them to keep a house or McCullough if he plays right. well. And a house exactly. would be my leash shot. And, and I would maybe say even a Chef over O'Brien. Person. I'd say a Chef over O'Brien, but I do feel like watching O in summer league and watching him in some of his practices, he's way wrong. He's way raw. He's raw. He should never be in the game. And O'Brien I I got nothing on you. I don't even I don't remember him in the NBA so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie to you now. Yeah, yeah we'll get a we'll get a chance to see these players uh Tuesday I don't know if this podcast will be up by Tuesday because I'm gonna put this into the podcast because me and you have been rambling forever and your poor uh, girlfriend and cat and and need me get the hell out of here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I gotta call the Uber anyway. But is that where you're, you're feeling before I go?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think you know.
0: Would you like to see you know? Is it, is it more insurance? For something to go bad, we, you know, have an Eddie who's been in the league and, you know, has some more experience. I'm I'm
1: to the point where I would like to see this team kind of try to develop a bad-in-the-rough prospect. House... You know, we, they didn't have a draft pick this year, but if you were able to get a player who's Tyler Johnson's a good one we're talking exactly, about, Exactly, right? exactly. Tyler Johnson, You're you know, he just, he just got paid. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of earned. He, like, kind of proved himself as a player. You know, I remember him watching watching him in uh, previous summer leagues, playing in Orlando summer leagues, playing in Vegas summer league. He's playing in the D League. Mm-hmm. Developed his game. And I think that something to be said about the development aspect of running a franchise And I think there's not a Wizards fan out here that can honestly say that we have been the best in that department. If we have to, you know, take a risk on a player that... You know, may potentially develop into something, I think that they should, you know, invest in him.
0: Mm-hmm. going from like the rebuilding with John Wall, where he's had so many effing young players, we'd have to have these veterans because we had so many young players. Right. But then now, when we went to the veteran heavy, you know, aspect, you where there's no. I think we wouldn't have the young players to stay in the bench. That's why we like, everyone likes so much Oubre because he brought a fresh shared athleticism that we hadn't really seen. And even if you go back to the Eddie Jordan days, and in those, I mean, you would they just did a poor job of really ever developing those players and when it's time for them to really you know, a Javel or a Nick Young or Don McGuire to go in there, they just really kinda of struggled because yeah. they never a blotch yeah. a blotch a to some extent until it all went to shit and they played better, they all got better yeah. eventually. But there wasn't they just always really struggled at just keeping that young one or two guys, even for trade trade options as well. Yeah. If you want to, it, it didn't ever seem to go that way. So maybe Grunfeld's going back to that old model of We're just all veterans. But I'd like to see them give a shot to one of these young dudes. But also, it's it's conducive on them to play well. It's also what does Scott Brooks want? Exactly. That, this is not really exactly. about Ernie Grunfeld anymore. Exactly. If, like Ernie Grunfeld gave him these options. This is Scott Brooks' decision. He talked about it in his interview. Said it's one of the toughest decisions that he makes because people were asking about these open roster spots I think it'll be Grossville's decision to leave that that last one open unless he that, really yeah, likes yeah, these three guys yeah, yeah. and then you know and maybe they could maybe they could keep three of these guys mm-hmm. and then they have told they have, I believe till January to cut one of them yeah, it's like this, right until one of, those good one of them until had. one of them <laughs> until one of their contracts are guaranteed yeah you know I mean yeah, I don't know but the like, thing
1: is like even, even still it's all still $250,000 $250, $250, yeah, exactly, like,
0: I know but well, they're also cheap too. They're, oh, I'm sorry, frugal when it comes to that. No, they'll, they'll, give, they'll, give, they'll give big money to certain people, but the other things they cut quarters. It drives me drive insane. <laughs> you, you sound like a fan who has
1: like a real uh, personal
0: gripe. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I can talk about the one time we had like 12 players forever just because they wouldn't sign someone. They finally signed like Will Bynum like eight weeks later. I was like, why did you sign a player for eight weeks? And then I figured out exactly how much money they saved in those eight weeks, and it was like a, it was like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! No, no, granted, just by not having another player, then we had guys getting hurt, and so yeah. we were down to like eleven guys in the roster. A couple games,
1: I mean, I believe, like, You just like, reminded me that Will Bynum played in playoff games. Hey man, too, he hit you know. two big free throws. I, <laughs>
0: I'll never forget. He made two. He made two clutch free throws in the. And uh, was, was in the that ball. I think that was the Atlanta series when yeah. Wall got hurt. Yep. Yeah. He yeah. made two clutch free throws in the Paul Pierce game, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I call, I call, uh, game. Yeah, I call, yeah. I call, game. <laughs> he was in crunch time during those games. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I oh, know. man. Yeah, that it was, <laughs> it was nuts. Roy, that was great. What are you, i observations? What do you feel like for the season? I, I, How are honestly, I am I'm, I'm should, give, uh, should I give you, should I give you a, predict? you want to predict? I'm not, I'm not doing any predictions yet. Might as well, man. You want I, a prediction?
1: I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think the Wizards are going to finish as a top four seed in the East. Top four seed. Wow. Top four. I like it. I like it. Yep.
0: Yep. So it's like 50 wins. 49ers. I I, I
1: don't. I don't know if uh, 50 wins is the threshold that will be needed to get a top four seed. Not to say that you know this change and the direction they're going to be going in is going to be sustainable. In the first year of a major change like this, that you know things are kind of going to break the Wizards' way. I think that Scott Brooks. Has enough charisma and enough uh, experience uh, from his time in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. to at least have this team be better than they were last
0: year. Scott Brooks, Tony Brown, Sidney Love, man, you believe You believe it? You believe I'm, in I believe it. I like it. I believe. I think. Uh, yeah, Wall's relationship with a with
1: a fellow point guard. Yeah, I honestly and and the Wizards they just they need to catch a break. Yeah.
0: I, so, I, I, I believe. It, I'm with you. I, 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 top I four or bust. I'm, I'm wearing a Nats hat right now. I'm hoping to be in the World <laughs> Series and Nats Park yeah, coming man, up. I'm
1: wearing, a, I'm wearing a Bullets t-shirt.
0: So. Uh, finally hope the, uh, the Caps make it past the second round of the playoffs. And I'm now. ready, I'm ready for all this D.C. sports curse to happen this year. If you yeah. want to start with me with winning 50 games and top four seed, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue out of that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give you mine because it's not going to be the same. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but even if yeah. when mine is the same, it's terrible. So. I, I'm out of prediction game, but thank you so much for your uh, your time and your effort and your hospitality here. Hey man, thank and you. In man. the abode, yeah, you're, you're, you're the
1: best. You're up here uh, in the in the middle of nowhere and northwest DC.
0: I know <laughs> on a Sunday night. That's how much that's how much I love the people out there. My <laughs> my 100 million subscribers and counting. I know, man. You you, all you right? controlled all, all of your uh, anger towards uh,
1: your non your, your fantasy football players not scoring
0: how you wanted them to. I know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh no! Oh, when on Bell wasn't scoring yeah, earlier, yeah, I was like. Man. He ran out of four. Like they didn't put it back in. They like, still. I got like I got a churn on my touchdown. Yeah, I man. We literally just watched Pittsburgh beat the shit. Yeah, in, like, Kansas they they City. They, they, yeah, cr- was- they crushed it. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thank you, Troy, for your, for everything, man. Of course, for joining me, man. Man. Uh, man. This will probably be two podcasts, so we probably should go listen to the other one. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, it's, it's, basketball's back, too. Basketball is it's, back, it, it, I'm it, excited, it, man. Yeah. I'm honestly excited. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm going to be a little bit more uh, nerve-wracking about these playoffs before I focus on NBA basketball, but I will still be doing these podcasts, and I, I will have a... I'm,
1: I'm excited enough that I might, I might even go ahead and get league pass this year. Yeah,
0: there you go. I'm and, and <laughs> probably going to try to get Kyle on uh, to do a preview here coming up, but he's been, uh, you know, himself. He said he's going to listen to a podcast soon, which is not true. So, Kyle, if you're not listening... Come on the podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, your support and listening to us. And as always, go mother effing wizards. Peace out.
2: This is Apollo Control at 102 hours into the flight of Apollo 11. It's grown quite quiet here at Mission Control. A few moments ago, Flight Director Gene Kranz uh, requested that everyone sit down, get prepared for events that are coming, and he closed with a remark, good luck to all of you. 12 minutes now until ignition 4 power descent. Everything's still looking very good at this point. KL okay, flight controllers go to no, go for power decent. Retro go. FIDO, go. Guidance go. Control go. Telcom go. Ginseng go. Ecom go. Surgeon go. Capcom or go for power decent. We're off to a good start. Play it cool. Colors. I'm going around the horn. Okay, retro. Go. Vino. Go. Guidance. Go. Control. Go. Alcom. Go. Gen C. Go. Econ. Go. Surgeon. Go. Retro. Go. Vino. Go. Guidance. Go. Control. Go. Alcom. Go. Gen C. Go. Econ. Go. S-il-s-t-t- Surgeon. Go. Capcom, we're go for landing. Okay, everybody, let's hang tight and look for landing radar. 75 feet, down and a half. 1202 alarm. 60 seconds. We're, we're going, like We're going, that alarm. 30 feet, down, two and a half. It's, if a dust-free occur, we'll be go. 30 seconds, hold with us. 1201. Bracket rocket 1201 on alarm. 1201 alarm. Same type, we're go, flight. Okay, we're go. We've had shutdown. Twisted. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Okay, keep the chatter down in this room. T1, stand by. T1. Stay no, stay off, flight controllers. Retro. Fido, stay, guidance, stay, control, stay, Telcom, stay, GNC, stay, Econ, stay, Surgeon, stay, Retro, go, Fido, go, guidance, go, control, go, Telcom, go, GNC, go, Econ, go, Surgeon, go, Retro, go, Fido, go, guidance, go.